Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, friends. I have a special episode for you today. It is one that truly is very, very close to my heart. Um, One that I hope you all listen to through the whole thing. Um, I'll be speaking more off the cuff. I will be speaking um, about things that I have thought intensely about for months and wanted to chat with you about but have kept delaying it out of wanting it to be extra impactful and special. But you know how that can go in a cycle. You want something to be so good, so you're so scared um, and nervous about creating it and doing it justice, and then it never gets done. So I'm going to do my best here to just dive in without making it perfect before I even start. So let me tell you what the theme is today for this episode before I go into explaining what this episode is going to sound like. The theme here is each of us is extraordinary. All of us are ordinary. But first, let me tell you about an interview that I was doing around this time where these thoughts were coming to head for me. Um, That was so timely. It's with a woman named Melinda Peterson, and she's on Instagram at Melinda Joy Writes. She just reached out to me, and we connected and, and chatted a bit on Instagram. And just hearing more about how she's in the middle of writing this novel made me interested in talking to her and and sharing what she's up to on the podcast. Now, originally, I had in mind that Melinda and I would have a ten minute conversation tops kind of a uh, she was meant to be a do something highlight at the end of a special episode however as we started talking melinda was speaking directly to the things that i wanted to talk about with you um and she she definitely confirmed the thoughts that i had in my heart uh she responded to the worries i had about this podcast and um the ways i was trying to respond to some some um helpful criticism of the podcast that I had received um, that I'll also talk about too. And and so we just ended up talking for more than 10 minutes and what we got out of it was incredible. And it's Melinda. Melinda really made this interview spectacular. And I, I don't want to say what it all is before before I um, share it with you. So what I'm going to do is just urge you to listen to this because, again, we were originally talking about her book and how she's been writing it for so long and what she and how she's created the story and what it's about and how she finds a time to do something that scares her, which is write this book. But then listen to how it evolves into a conversation on this topic, how everyone is extraordinary, but we are also all ordinary. And I'd also like to warn you about this interview because we thought it was going to be with my more casual podcast episodes. We recorded with my little two-year-old in the background. He was getting very frustrated about the 20 uh, train cars he was trying to hold at once. I did my best to edit out his um, frustrations in the background, but you might hear it sometimes when my voice comes in and I'm asking some follow-up questions. But I assure you, he's was perfectly happy, just the normal two-year-old issues that come about. So um, I just wanted to make sure you understood that. Melinda, I I have to thank you for answering the worries in my heart and sharing yourself with me and my listeners. And we've struck a real great friendship. And I just wanted to talk to her for much longer. So let's listen to that interview first, and then I'll share my thoughts on it after. So, okay, Melinda, so you're here to tell me about what you have been doing that scares you lately and the consequences, good and bad, of that. So tell me a little bit about what you're up to. Hey, yeah. Um, first of all, thanks so much for inviting me onto the show. It's, it's really um, an honor, and I'm excited to, to talk to you guys. So, it's an honor to have you. Um, <laughs> thanks. So um, I think I'll start first. I'm kind of have my hands in a, a few different things right now, but the thing that has been kind of ongoing over the last 
gosh, it's kind of embarrassing to say, <laughs> but the last decade of my life, I've been working on this children's novel, and um, I don't have any any training whatsoever in, in writing, so I've really had to um, learn about the craft and really hone my skill, and it's... Um, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, and so it's just kind of taken me a long time to get my novel um, to a point where it's um, getting ready for for readers. So that's the biggest project that I've kind of been working on. Oh, that is huge. So I'm, I'm just always curious what it's like to write a novel and just how you, cr- you uh, break down something so big into more manageable parts. So what does that look like for you to do that? Yeah, it's been a really long process of... Um, of learning, kind of figuring out, it all started with this idea, um, like I said, about 10 years ago, and um, from that simple idea, as I was, I was walking my baby, I only had one at the time, and we um, were just on a walk coming back from a garden nursery bringing home some flowers, and I noticed this little tiny um, flower coming out of the middle of the sidewalk, and I just thought, it was just such a beautiful little like testament of like earth and nature and um just a gift that that is us and so from there I um kind of created this this idea of a girl who had this gift of being able to um spread flowers um in the earth it kind of sounds kind of silly and it's really more mm. so um <laughs> for the last 10 years it's been called um gifted but I've just recently changed the the title to Extraordinary, and it's really taken on um, something that I really believe that we all, um, we all come to the earth with gifts, and that we are all quote-unquote gifted, and as we discover our gifts and hone them and use them, we're able to bring meaning or beauty or goodness or a combination of those things to the world. Um, So, as this novel has um, yeah, progress. I've created this little town that's kind of tucked away in uh, the United States Northeast where all of the people believe in this um, same thing and at least one of their gifts is imbued with the magic of childhood. And so sometime in their childhood, one of their gifts takes on a magical quality. So the story follows 12-year-old... Um, yeah, the story follows this 12-year-old girl named Hazel Hinkley who has always been able to feel the emotions of other people just by looking into their eyes. But recently, as the story opens, she's beginning to see glimpses into the lives of the people that she's around. And those glimpses kind of explain the, the emotion um, behind their eyes. So she's getting this peek into why, you know, the stories of, of other people. And she's only 12, and so, you know, she she sees things and experiences things on an emotional level that, she isn't always, you know, ready for. So that's kind of the the idea behind the story. But we follow Hazel and a few of her friends on this epic scavenger hunt around town and search for buried treasure. And along the way, she's meeting people and uncovering the stories of, of people that she's encountering. And she really, along, you know, this treasure hunt, she, she comes to discover that everybody has a story. And that everybody is worthy of, of empathy and compassion. So that's kind of where I'm at now with, with the, the storyline. Wow, I love oh, I love that yeah. whole premise, and I love the lessons it teaches. And I like that the gifts, too, aren't just these superhero qualities. There's, they're ones that we really have in real life, but I like that they're also magnified a bit. So that sounds so interesting. When When do you think it could potentially come out, and what kind of format are you envisioning for you? Like, is this going to be through a publisher? Yeah. Is it going to be self-published? Yeah, I would really like to get a, a traditional publisher for it, and I'm still in the re, like the revision stage of mm-hmm. um, my draft. And mm-hmm. so, right now, I'm finishing up um, the first big revision. Um, I've done several along the way, but this is the, the really first big revision. That once it's done, I'll be ready to hand it to some beta readers, and um, I'm also signing up for um, the a writer's conference in New York City for the Society of Children's yeah, Books, Writers, and Illustrators. So I'll be going to that in February. So I'm hoping within a year I'll be ready to query agents and 
and um, take that next step toward publication. Oh, so exciting. I can't wait to see what you do. And um, how about you share with people where they can find you if they really want to uh, track your progress through this? Yeah. So right now I'm on um, Instagram mostly for this at, at Melinda Joy Writes. And um, so I share a lot of my progress with my book as well as just general writing about motherhood and, and life in general. So that's where they can find me for this. So, Melinda, how do you find time to write in your day? Yeah, right now, um, right now, I'm not getting as much in at the time. Like, it, it always kind of depends on where my kids are at. We, we've actually moved a lot over the last ten years. We're, mm. We've lived in six different states in the last ten years, and oh, wow. so just adjusting to that. And yeah, with each kid comes, you know, kind of a new season of life. And so sometimes mm. I have, you know, gotten up early and done my writing then, or I've stayed up late, or I've you know, had two kids who were napping at the same time, so I could squeeze in there. But seriously, I, I feel like every day is kind of like a new, <laughs> when is it going to happen? So I'd like to, yeah, figure out a, a time that, that really works and uh, maybe hire a sitter sometime soon um, as I really push to get this finished. But right now I'm just kind of doing it little by little as kids play or um, are napping or, or staying up late at night. So it sounds like this can be, you know, either really frustrating or really motivating or a mix of both. <laughs> so why do you stick with it? Why why is this important to you to continue to create this amazing novel and work on it in spite of having to be flexible and go with different ebbs and flows that motherhood has been handing to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've had people ask me that before, or they've, you know, complimented me on my grit. And I feel like, where does that come from, you know, exactly? Because I feel like I'm a very, very ordinary person. And I, I don't feel like this um, message is anything that, you know, hasn't been said before. Or, um, you know, it's just, I feel like I'm just kind of dipping my toe in the stream of the voices that are already promoting this message. So I've, tried to kind of yeah soul search a little bit and figure out why it is so important to me because it does occupy my thoughts and my time you know so much and it becomes very frustrating when I don't fit the time in to to work on it or to Mm -hmm. work on the other creative projects that I have um but there is I know that you're a big fan of um Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert you for instance or referenced that before, mm-hmm. and I I love it too. And there's a quote in it um, that says, "Do you have the courage to bring forth this work? The treasures that are hidden inside you are hoping you will you will say yes." Mm-hmm. And I love that quote so much because I feel like it's just I mean really the message of my book is I feel like we we all have gifts. Every single one of us has gifts, and we are all ordinary. We're all ordinary people, and these gifts provide you know. Um, opportunities for us to do extraordinary things. And they don't have to be big things, you know. I, yeah. I feel like one of my very best friends growing up has this amazing gift for just, you know, being with people and making them feel amazing. And I think that that is such a valuable gift that has impacted so many people in such small ways that it's really meaningful. So I guess to answer your question, I feel like this is, I feel like writing and expression is one of my gifts and I feel like I just want to put it out there and, um, yeah, just offer it, you know, kind of as this offering to the world of this is just my little contribution to bring some kind of meaning or beauty or goodness to the world. Well, Melinda, I'm just kind of sitting here with my jaw open because this has been something on my mind, especially the past week. I received an email earlier this week from a listener who feels frustrated listening to the podcast because uh, she feels that a lot of the people are just over the top, ex- extraordinary, you know, um, and that it's kind of gives the message that you have to be doing huge, crazy things and be super yeah. successful. And that to me, um, is not at all what I'm trying to promote. You know, sometimes that comes out, you know, and who I talk about, but what I want is for us all to just be inspired how we can live our ordinary lives, doing these things that you're saying, giving our gifts to the world and increasing ourselves in whatever ways we feel is right for us and our families. And, 
exactly what you said is what I hope people get from this. And I couldn't have said it better, in fact. So thank you so oh, much thanks. for for talking about that. And, you know, tell me what else. Is, is there another thing that you're doing right now that is um, scaring you in a way, but also making you better for it? Yeah, um, I just wanted to um, go back to what you were saying really quick. Oh, sure, um, please. To whoever that person was who was, you know, wrote that email. And I, over the last couple of months, I have been really struggling with postpartum depression, and it came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, we weren't expecting it. We we made, you know, we made this big move, and um, for our family, another big move. <laughs> and um, it kind of hit me after that. And... Um, I, yeah, it, it's been really hard and painful and I've, I've really had to step away and just kind of surrender. And I've never felt so, um, like little, you know, before. And so, um, yeah, I just, I mean, depressed. (laughs) If anyone has ever experienced depression, it's, it's just as hard to, um, to express what it's like, you know, what it feels like as it is to understand if you haven't. Um, been there before, and um, yeah, I I feel like really we all have hard things in our lives. I think that that is the one thing I love about my book so much is this little girl Hazel has the ability to see people's stories, and what a gift that is. And to, and to her, it's kind of a burden, you know, you know. But it's such a such a simple a simple gift that is not that extraordinary. You know, she's not going to go off and do amazing things with it. She's going to do simple and ordinary and small things with it. And, um, and that is really, I think that the message that I think that you do promote on your podcast is that just finding those gifts in us and doing, you know, whatever small and ordinary thing we can with them in this world, just to make it a little bit more beautiful and peaceful and, and good to live in. So absolutely. And I you know, have grown so much. Yeah. yeah. Listening to your podcast. So, Oh, thank you for saying that. And you know, I, I, what I had wanted to say to her too, and I mean, I probably did. I, I think I wrote her like the longest email ever. So it was like <laughs> sure. um, almost too much. But um, the other thing, any person I think I interview on the show, no matter how ordinary they think they are, p- other people who hear that interview see how extraordinary they are. And it's really hard to, if you're not in a good place, to not see yep. that every yep. single person is extraordinary. And just, and just like if I had interviewed her, it would be the same. You know, someone yep. else would listen yeah, and just I think totally how agree. incredible she is. And I'm thinking that about you, even though you're saying you're very, very ordinary. And so it has... Oh, I'm so ordinary. <laughs> Well, so am I. I mean, we all feel that yeah, way. We but all we are. Have these yeah, gifts. we all are. So tell me what you've been doing to work through this really difficult time in your life. Oh, Monica, I have been listening to your podcast. I've been I have a few different podcasts that I listen to, but mm. we live um we live in New Jersey and we live next to these woods and my husband bless his heart has been um, so flexible with his work schedule and which is a blessing because usually in the past he hasn't and mm-hmm. so I have gone on um, so many hikes in the woods and um, listening to your podcast and others um, but really I have spent so much time just resting and um, reading scriptures and and praying and just really searching and writing um, just journaling you know figuring out what's on my mind and really trying to find, you know, myself and find find God and just, just to rest in his grace and come to know him and understand him. And through that, I feel like I've come to, you know, understand myself a little bit better and have found myself in him. But it's not, you know, it's, I think some people hear that and say, well, good for you. You know, it's not that easy. And it's not. It's um, some days, you know, I'll do those things and nothing changes. And so, um, yeah, it's a trouble, but I just I just try and take it a day at a time. I try and talk um, to people, you know, that are close to me about it so that I, you know, remain honest with them about how I'm feeling. And, yeah, I, I'm kind of just trying to figure it out as I as I go along. So, yeah. but, yeah, resting and stopping, even mm-hmm. setting these projects 
side um, for a mm-hmm. season right now um, has been, um, yeah, just taking it a day at a time, sometimes an hour at a time or, you know, a minute at a time. So much of what you're saying is, I mean, what I think we need to, to remember, there's a time and a season. There's a time to, to have drive and ambition and work on certain gifts. And there's a time to, like you're saying, rest, get introspective and and give yourself that space. And I'm kind of feeling that in myself, too. As I am approaching bringing another little one, I, I tend to not get um, as excited as other moms are <laughs> before they mm-hmm. have a new baby because I'm so overwhelmed with anxiety over the transition and fear of the unknown. And I don't know what this little one will bring. And I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. I might have to rest, like you're saying. I might have to take a break from these things I'm doing and time will only tell. And I will have to remind myself this conversation that we're having. There's a time and a season. Yeah. I think that it is so challenging because, um, especially, especially if we are engaged on social media a lot, we see so many people achieving and doing, you know, these great things and to be able to, um, to be able to encourage and applaud them while you know, maybe stepping back from our own projects, mm-hmm. I think requires a lot of um, humility and, Strength. you know, we see what everyone <laughs> else is doing, you know, we see what everyone else is doing and yeah. we're sitting on the couch in our pajamas mm-hmm. wondering, you know, how am I going to make dinner today and mm-hmm. dinner is coming and I don't know what to make and I don't want to make it, you know, and um, we turn to our phones so often and it, it, it can be incredibly difficult in this culture you know to to step back and um mm. yeah it, it's so it's so important to be able to do that for our our health and don't you find I mean this is true for me the more time you spend on social media the worse you feel in general <laughs> yes I mean yeah, even if you're following I, good people yeah. sometimes there's, there's just a frame of mind we're in where it's just, it's not the right way to cope, but it's the easy yeah. way, I guess. Yeah. I think it takes, you know, a real discipline to, um, I, what, one thing that I've tried to do is I, I keep the people that I follow very minimal. And I also yeah. have, I have a few different accounts. I have a, you know, personal account where I follow all my family and friends. And some days that's the only one that I'll glance at because I don't want to see, you know, mm. all of the accomplishments and, people are working on and then I have another business account and writing account and um then I follow you know people that are doing big things but I try even then I try to only um keep my list and my the people that I follow to people that I could actually name you know off the top of my head that I really like you know and and feel like I can applaud them and not feel like oh you know good for you um And there's so much discipline, like you said, in that. And I'm really impressed by your choice to be really proactive about what you're dealing with, but also in a way that does, I mean, it requires so much strength to rest and put things on hold and so much strength to use real good tools instead of the easy ones um, and to go introspective instead of escaping and numbing, you know? Yeah, right, right. Wow, Melinda. Yeah, even, you know, taking taking it off your phone for a while, you Mm -hmm. know, to really come back to who you are and not what the world, you know, you might think you need to be. Absolutely. Um, Melinda, was there something else that you had wanted to say? Did I, did I cut you off in any way about other things you were going to share? Um, you have been wonderful. There's one thing that I, and I will not take up all your time talking about this, but there is one more um, thing. Um, speaking of Instagram, yeah. <laughs> um, earlier this year, um, I well, this a few years ago, I got this idea for a children's toy. And earlier this year, I was really excited to um, produce it and launch it. And I was so brave and talked to people that I was so scared to talk to about yeah. industrial designing and patenting and all that stuff. And it came to a head, you know, where I was ready to, you know, take the leap and really do it. And um, as my husband and I talked about it. We decided that now is not the time. And so um, instead of um, launching that, we yeah. just decided to just launch um, just a simple little account on Instagram. It's called Story World Kids. And it's, um, it is, um, it's meant to be a community um, for individuals, um, parents, 
um, to hopefully, um, sorry, to empower parents to cultivate childhood for their kids and bring back Mm. this good old-fashioned play and make-believe and storytelling. And um, so we're just um, working on, you know, gathering quotes and images and um, ideas for play and books to read and um, even, you know, recipes inspired by children's literature. But we really have um, tried to cultivate this um, love of books and of just play, you know, for our kids in our home. And so we are just excited to share that with other people. And maybe one day we'll be able to launch a toy through it, maybe not. But right now it's just something that's really clear or dear to our hearts and close to our hearts. And we really believe that it's, you know, it's time to just kind of scale back um, all the activities that our kids are in and, and yeah. really focus on play and mm-hmm. um, storytelling. So that is where we're going with that. And hopefully next year we're going to um, launch a, a book club um, with some patches for will be available for purchase. Um, there's also an, an Etsy shop that is very small right now, but with some um, books or sorry, some art prints based on children's literature that um, we'll be launching again um, soon, hopefully in November. But really, um, besides all of that, we just really feel like it's important and we want to add, you know, our voices to to that movement, which is already alive and strong and um, something we're really passionate about. You know, that, that is something we need. We need that all of us, you know, we need that on Instagram that I think that is an account that's missing. And that's just the hole for you to fill. And I'm, I am so excited to get to explore that a little, a little more as you keep developing it. And I'll I'll make sure to link in the show notes to, to everything that we just talked about. But Melinda, this, this whole thing, I wish you were my next door neighbor. I mean, I I have a lot more I want to talk to you about and say, but this is, this has just been awesome. Thank you very much for being on the show with me. Yes, thank you so much for letting me take up so much of your time. And thank you. You're always such a gracious host and so fun to talk to. Thanks. Since we uh, spoke, Melinda has set up a website. That is fantastic. She truly is an incredible writer, as you would assume from just even the way she spoke. But, um, also what she talks on is so fitting to this podcast. So it is melindajoywrites.com. I can't recommend it enough. It really is so beautifully written. You can also find Melinda on Instagram at melindajoywrites and she has a children's Instagram feed as well that promotes creativity and it's called Story World Kids. And it's all about connecting families and cultivating childhood through stories and good old-fashioned make-believe. It's a beautiful account, very inspiring, um, definitely about getting our kids back to their roots. I will link to the Instagram pages that Melinda has, as well as her blog. Now, don't laugh because like, like I'm saying all these amazing things that she's done. Remember what she says, she's ordinary and... I don't want you to then be like, oh no, another person that is showing that um, you have to be basically on the internet to be doing something good. That's not what Melinda and I are about here. So just keep that in mind. Now, Melinda wrote me the most beautiful email after we had our chat. I'm going to share an excerpt of that at the end of the episode. You don't want to miss it. You really don't. But just know that that whole excerpt is on my website as well. Um, So you can read it there. But again, wait till the end and I'll read that excerpt because it just had to be the final note to this podcast. I'd now like to continue with sharing my own thoughts on this topic of these many months as I have thought about this. First, let's talk about that email I received. It was very kindly written. It was not an attack. It was, it was not done to make me feel bad or belittled, but it did have a criticism there um, that this listener was struggling to listen because she felt everyone was too extraordinary. And she wanted me to know that everyday moms are just as extraordinary and worthy of being talked to. And of course, I agreed with her and I was very upset, very upset that she couldn't see that in these interviews. 
it gave me a lot of pause. Um, I had to think deeply about whether or not I was portraying the ordinary. You know, you hear that in my intro. You've heard that from day one. My intro is about how we are talking to ordinary people who are striving to make a difference in their lives. Um, and that has been my goal from day one. And I, so I had to think about that and decide, am I not including the quote-unquote ordinary people? Um, you know, and I did have to think about maybe I do need to shift. So that is still a part of the podcast, which I thought I had done, but um, it just gave me, it gave me good reason to think it through. And I was grateful to her for that. But I also had to think about this conundrum we can often get ourselves in when we are comparing ourselves, even if we don't mean to. And, you know, when I wrote her this really long reply, I had to, again, give her credit because this classy woman wrote me back and and that's what she said. You know, I just need to think more about myself, maybe, and how I'm viewing myself. She said, you know, she volunteered that. And um, I was really grateful for her graciousness. Um, Anyway, so just so you know, thank you to that listener. I, 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 I hear you and I and I hope that you can see yourself in this. So let's dive into some of the thoughts I have about all of this that Melinda and I touched on and I just want to expand a bit. The first thought is that we are all extraordinary. Every one of us is extraordinary. And Melinda spoke about that. We all have gifts. Each one of us, we have gifts. And those gifts are unique. And they are varied and they're going to be different for each one of us. And they're going to look different on the outside and feel different on the inside. And I think this speaks to the struggle that many of us face to find our purpose. What we're really asking ourselves are what are my gifts that I have to offer to the world, to others in small and big ways. We need to each find what that extraordinary part of us is, what our gifts are, that we can lift ourselves up by using and developing and cultivating those gifts and in turn bless the lives of others. So my, uh, my reaction to this conversation Melinda and I had and that dear reader who wrote into me, or our listener who wrote into me is that we have to take the time and be open-hearted to discovering what those gifts are. And I think that means we need to believe that they exist. Many of us have been in those dark, dark times where we can't see anything good about ourselves. Where we would answer to the question, what are your gifts? What are your talents? We would say, nothing. I can't think of anything. I've been there. I have so been there. So what we need to do when we're in that situation is believe. Believe this truth that I I absolutely believe is a universal truth. Each of us, every single one of us, we are all extraordinary. So we have to believe in that truth and then we have to be willing to find what it is within us. And sometimes that's going to take some humility, actually. It's kind of weird, the cycle of saying, well, I don't have any gifts. You know, sometimes, if I'm going to be honest with you, that's a prideful way to look at it. That's not coming from a humble place. Because I think oftentimes we say I don't have any because we expect these gifts to be huge and monumental and very visible or maybe just extremely artistic or creative in nature. So if we don't see that within ourselves, sometimes that might mean we need to be a little bit more humble about accepting what our gifts are and that they might be more simple or not as visible, not one that you can perform in front of an audience or share with the masses, but like with Melinda's friend, it might affect someone one-on-one and over and over and over again, one-on-one, 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 until your difference is undeniable. 
But again, it might be smaller than we think. It might be, it, it might not be so obvious. So we have to also humble ourselves to being open to learning what our gifts are. And then once we find them, even just a seed of them, be willing to cultivate and work on them. And that's the other part of this podcast. I really talk about perfectionism a lot, but I'm also trying to talk about progress. We need to progress. We need to grow. Without doing that, I think our souls die. I think people who are have, have a hard time seeing the extraordinary within themselves, their souls are dying because they are not cultivating their gifts. And again, these can be simple in nature, simple in appearance, simple in effect, but they still matter. We still need to say these are extraordinary gifts, even if it's just the ability to bake well. That's still an extraordinary gift. Not everybody has that gift. The gift to listen well. The gift to respond to negative voices. That's a huge one that many of us could benefit from. There are so many like that, that we need to be willing to see within ourselves and see how we really are extraordinary. So one thing I wanted to highlight is how anybody who gets put on this show is going to sound extraordinary because we are focusing on how they have been cultivating their gifts and getting through trials and overcoming big difficulties. We are talking, we talk about the bad for sure. We go in a lot of depth with that. That's the goal too. But anybody who gets on this podcast is going to sound extraordinary. This ranges from people who have completed Ironmans that I've had recently, and it also goes with people who have mastered being a chef, like one of my guests that I've had. Okay, so any person on this show is going to sound extraordinary. So like I said with Melinda, that reader who wrote in to me, I bet you a million dollars if I interviewed her on this podcast, like I have with everybody else, whether they have a big following or don't, she would sound just as extraordinary to people out there. There will be people listening in who find themselves comparing themselves to her and feeling less than and less qualified. Or they might be supportive like, wow, she's incredible. She's amazing. She's extraordinary. So when you hear these, just know that you are listening to somebody's extraordinary. And that if I interviewed you, you would sound just as extraordinary in your own right. And so the guests that I have had on that have zero followings, they still sound just as extraordinary with the people who have like over 100,000 followers or more. You know, it doesn't matter, but it comes back to being centered within who we are, believing that we are all extraordinary. And that means we, you are extraordinary. And that comparison needs to be cut out of it. So that's my first takeaway is one, we are all extraordinary. So if you are listening to this and you find yourself comparing yourself to the guests, you need to turn the tables. You need to look in the mirror. You need to spend some time thinking. And maybe that involves journaling, asking other people, what are my gifts? What do you think I'm good at? And and spend some real time figuring that out about yourself. So that when you listen, you don't compare anymore. That when you listen to others share what makes them extraordinary, you don't feel less than. Because you're not comparing yourself to what they are good at, to what you are with what you are weak at, or maybe don't shine in as much. So now I'd like to turn to the second half of my thoughts on this topic. And that's this. We are all ordinary. We all have struggles, problems, weaknesses. We all have pride. We all have reasons that need to be, that we need to be humbled. All the guests that I've had on, I I honestly cannot think of one person who didn't feel overwhelmed to be interviewed. Not one. 
And this includes people who were fellow podcasters. I mean, they speak on a microphone, you know, all the time, but they were just as overwhelmed and nervous. These people all know they are ordinary. They see their own weaknesses, faults. They had, if they came to an extraordinary outcome that we talk about, they dealt with the everyday, ordinary trials, apathy, grunt work, fear, stress, giving up, doubts, all of that, that we all deal with. We are all ordinary. We all struggle. We all have a hard time often finding our path in life. We all struggle with our self-confidence from time to time, if not a lot of the time. We all can get caught up in the comparison game. We can all struggle to see our extraordinary, and that is why we are all ordinary. So it's kind of this weird thing. We all are extraordinary, but we're also ordinary at the same time. So we have to be willing to see that in the people that are, that we find ourselves comparing ourselves to. We have to see that maybe they're not sharing the ordinary. Maybe they're only sharing the extraordinary, but you better believe that there's a whole lot of ordinary in every day. You know, I'm sure even the parenting experts have yelled at their kids. You know, maybe a lot less than the rest of us, but I'm sure they deal every day with just as much ordinary as we do. Um, Same with those people have achieved great things. They've dealt with deadlines that they've missed or disappointments. They've dealt with criticisms. They've dealt with um, not being able to finish something or to achieve the dreams that they set for themselves. They've dealt with apathy and struggling keeping up with their goals and I'm sure they've dealt with a whole number of mental illness or family, children, um, siblings, friends, troubles, like that we all do. So we are all ordinary. This is life. Life is about the struggle, but it's also about overcoming the struggle. And I believe the way we do that is by refusing by refusing to make our life about the ordinary. That doesn't mean we have to live elaborate, big lives. That doesn't mean we have to have huge, incredible, visible goals that we've accomplished. It doesn't mean that we have a resume that's a mile long. I recently listened to an Oprah Soul conversation that she had with David Brooks. And He was someone I hadn't heard before, but his conversation that he had on character is a must listen for sure. But here's something that really stood out to me that I thought was fitting for the thoughts I've been um, having about this topic and what I wanted to share with you today. talked about the difference between living your life based off of your resume or your eulogy. And your resume is, you know, your rap sheet of things that you've accomplished, but your eulogy is who you are, who you are as a person, your true character. And what, of course, really matters in the end is that eulogy, who you are, what your moral standing is, your character, who you were as a person. People don't really care about what you did. They care about who you were, who you are now, you know, so it's about shifting our thinking to that. Refusing to be caught up in the ordinary, when I say that, I mean, it doesn't mean like we ignore the normal day-to-day grind that we have to face, the doing the dishes, the sweeping the laundry, the paying the bills, the having the hard conversations with family members, dealing with issues that we deal with at our work or family. That doesn't mean we, we ignore those or put those at bay, but what we have to see is how each of those ordinary moments are cultivating the extraordinary within ourselves, and that extraordinary is who we truly are at the core. What people would say about us at our own funerals, what they would say about our moral standing, our character, and who we are. Okay, so I hope, I hope this helps you. For one, I hope it helps you um, recenter like I had to, to what this podcast's purpose is. It is about the ordinary people and sometimes they achieve extraordinary in visible ways, but oftentimes it's not. It's about those small, meaningful ways. 
Um, but how we can all do that within ourselves too. I think about my um, own parents, which I think many of you would. My, my mom has a lot of confidence and how extraordinary her ordinary life is. She's a mother of seven, which right there, you know, is a huge feat. But being a mother of seven doesn't mean you are a good mother of seven, right? Um, you could be a bad mother of seven. So I'm not saying that makes that alone makes her incredible. What alone makes her extra incredible is the confidence she's had in her mission to be a mother. She has allowed that to be her mission and dream in life. She has allowed it to cultivate her as a person and help her grow. She doesn't worry about the world's estimate of her life. She doesn't worry about the resume. She worries about the eulogy. She worries about the foundation she's created for her kids, how she continues to support them well into their adulthood. Um, She takes grandmothering very seriously. Her heart and soul's in it. And you know, our mom, my mom and I are different in many ways. I do love being a mom, but I also have a call in my heart to cultivate gifts outside of motherhood more than my mom did. And my mom is extremely talented. The, the difference between us lies not in the visibility of the gifts that we have created and their outcomes. I would say that what can draw us together is the, how we have held on to our purpose that we feel that we have how we have worked through the ordinary of every life to find the extraordinary that is within us and how we can in turn bless our lives and the lives of others in big and small ways. And you better believe that my mother's reach has been tremendous within the walls of her own home and outside of it, of course, absolutely. But the reason I admire my mom so much is because she she has held to her own extraordinary without worrying about what the world thinks at all. So we can do that regardless of if our, our goals are, are more visible or not. We can all do that. We can all hold on to what we believe our specific mission is. And that goes back to what we believe our gifts are. And that goes back to figuring out what that is and being humble and willing to search ourselves. And that also goes back to being willing to work on the weaknesses too. Now, before I leave you today, I wanted to share a short interview I did with the founder of a great company called Homegrown Traditions. Her name is Brittany Hanks. And she and her husband started this amazing company that wants to inspire simplifying the approach to traditions and creating a happy functional home. And they have some amazing products that I have bought with my own money from birthday plates to tooth fairy pillowcases to really, really sturdy, cute totes for your groceries, your book runs, all of that to the library, your runs to the library, and so much more. But it was just fascinating to hear how um, someone can face some big fears in starting a business, especially with their spouse. And um, Brittany also talks about a failure that they recently faced and what they learned from it. So I thought you would love to hear from her. So I'm here with Brittany Hanks, and we are going to chat about what she has been doing that scares her. And this goes over a series of time for you, Brittany. So tell us about you first, and then we'll get more into what you are doing that has scared you. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, Monica. I seriously have loved your podcast since the moment I discovered it. So I am honored to be a part of it. It has been so inspiring for me. So thank you. for going to be fun. Yeah. So I am a mother of four. I have four kids, ages nine, seven, five, and three. And my husband and I live with our kids in Dallas, Texas. We've been here for about seven years. That's great. And um, about a year ago, my husband and I started a business called Homegrown Traditions that's just based around providing products and ideas that help people build meaningful traditions with their family. Um, And kind of as a backstory, this isn't actually my first business. So I had a swimsuit business for about seven years. I don't know if you even know. No, I did not know that. Um, 
Yeah, so I started that just kind of by chance. I grew up sewing, so I started making some suits for myself and for other people. And so I didn't start it with the intent of turning it into a business, but it just kind of happened. Um, and then after doing that for about seven years, we just were kind of running into some problems with the manufacturing and ended up taking a year off. Yeah. And that's kind of when we started thinking, um, you know, maybe we think about starting another business. Cause my husband's always been, we're both kind of entrepreneurial minded. Um, but there's only so much a man can do with women somewhere as you can imagine. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of started thinking, okay, what's something that we're both passionate about? What's something that we could do together and kind of involve our family. And so the whole idea started when we were pulling out holiday pillowcases for our kids that my mom had made and our kids were so excited and they just loved putting the pillowcases on their beds. It was such a fun mm -hmm. tradition for them. And that kind of sparked the idea of, you know, what if we created holiday pillowcases? That was kind of the first idea that we had, but did it in an updated way with kind of some more current um, fabrics and things that were, you know, more neutral and kind of design oriented. So that's kind of what started the idea of the whole business. And then we've just added products and um, other kind of resources as we've gone along. Yeah. So I have your uh, birthday girl shirt and um, I've seen your pillowcase too. I really want your plate, your happy birthday plate. Yeah. Um, what other things are as, as part of your business? So we have um, kids chore charts, but that's a digital product. That's the only digital product we have. So it's customizable chore charts for kids that, you know, you put in their name, you select the chores, um, either words or for toddlers, you can choose picture icons, and then you get a PDF of that. And just within the last couple of weeks, weeks, we launched a couple new products. Um, one of them is a wooden sign that has a quote about home and family on it. And then our other one is some canvas tote bags. Um, four different tote bags that are for yes. um, like library books, gardening, food, and toys. And those so. are new. Okay. I'm definitely going to be ordering that. Okay. So now let's get into, well, clearly you've had a lot of experience with your, with your swimwear business and now you're starting this new business. I am sure that involves a lot of jumping into very scary territory, unknown, whole lots of twists and turns. And I wanted to know how that applies to this whole thing about what you've been doing that has scared you. Yeah. So it's very scary starting a business yeah. and, hmm. you know, coming up with an idea, you're not sure how people are going to, um, going to take it when you launch your products, you know, you're so invested in them. So you are in love with your products, but you have no idea if other people will like them or, um, how they'll, they'll sell, if you'll be able to market them correctly, how your website's going to be built. And a lot of starting a business is just trial and error and, yeah. you know, figuring out things that work and things that don't. But I think you have to just move forward. And there's a quote that I love, and it's, um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And yeah. if you're not willing to try, then you have no chance of succeeding. And I think in starting a business, I've really had to consciously change my mindset on what it means to succeed and what it means to fail. And I don't even really love the term failure because yeah. I feel like there's something you can learn from every, every situation and everything that you try, even if it's not, um, it, even if it doesn't end how you want it to end. So a recent example with our business is we got contacted to um, have a booth in a trade show. Um, mm. And it was the Pinners Conference, which it was in Arlington, Texas, which is like 20 minutes from where we are. So it was kind of a perfect location. We didn't have to travel anywhere. Oh, yeah. And I was super excited about it because I had heard great things about the conference. Um, I had never attended one personally, and it was kind of a last minute contact for them. So we had less than a month to prepare for this trade show. Wow. And my personality is just that when I set my mind to do something, I just go, go, go until it's done. And sometimes that 
usually it's good. Sometimes it can be not as good, you know, because I just yeah. don't even stop to think, wait, is this the right thing to do? But, we, you know, I felt good about it. And so we accepted that opportunity, moved forward with it. And it was a ton of time and effort to, you know, we had never done a trade show before. So you have to think about your booth space and all of the setup that's required, getting your inventory there. And I had a pretty um, robust idea of what I wanted the booth to look like. I saw an image on Pinterest that was um, a house built up as their bo- as a booth space. Oh, cute. And I thought, man, if we could have our booth be kind of look like a house with a roof and everything, that'd be so awesome. Like it totally goes along with our theme and what our business stands for. So we set out to build this house as our booth. Um, so my husband was there to help me. We went to set it up. It was pretty disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> to set this thing up. We, ha- we hadn't set it up before. We just had all the pieces. And so we're setting up this kind of house, and which was basically like the frame of a shed. Like we got this shed building kit. We thought, we'll just frame this out. We had painted all the wood white. And as we're setting up the roof, um, the whole roof, which was connected by these kind of flimsy aluminum pieces of metal, just collapsed oh, forward. No. And oh, no. the older gentleman from a nearby booth came over and like grabbed it and we're trying to hold it oh, up. And yeah. we're sitting there just holding up this booth that is totally falling apart with these flimsy pieces of metal. And we're thinking, how, what are we going to do? Like, we don't have a plan B. Do we just mm. call it a day? Do we just set out a couple tables with our stuff and hope to sell something? So we ended up working through it, and we got it set up. It took us, like, seven or eight hours just to set oh, up this, wow. this house booth, which we probably should have been a little more prepared. But eventually we did get it set up and sturdy to the point where we weren't worried that it was going to collapse on anyone during the trade show. Yes. Um. And then it was just a two-day show, so it was my husband took off. He still works full-time, so he took off a couple days of work, came to run it with me, and I had set a goal in mind of how much money I wanted to make during the show. And it was, you know, quite an investment even to participate in the show. You have to rent your booth space. You have, you know, we had to get all the materials that we needed to to display our products. Um, And since we hadn't done it before, it was like we had to get all that stuff. So... Um, The show came and it was totally exhausting. It was really fun. Um, Traffic was kind of on and off. Um, We weren't maybe in the best location just because we came into the game so late. And anyway, we didn't end up hitting, we maybe hit the goal of half as much as I wanted to make. So after that exhausting experience, I had to take a good long nap. And then, you know, I really gave myself some time to think about that and to think and kind of because of how I had already tried to shift my mindset um, just about failure and learning from experiences, um, I really thought about, you know, despite the fact that we didn't hit the monetary goal that we wanted to or we didn't make as many sales as we had wanted to make, what are the things that we learned from this experience that can, you know, help our business? And there were a few really big lessons that came out of that that I don't think I would have realized had I just been so focused on, oh, it was a failure. You know, yeah. we, we barely got our booth set up. We didn't sell as much stuff as we had wanted to. And it's easy to go there when something doesn't go the way that we want it to. It's easy to just think, um, think about all the negatives. Think, oh, well, we just had a terrible booth location. Oh, we, this was our first time, so we didn't have enough experience. Um, you know, any number of things that you could focus on the negative, but there were three really great lessons that I was so grateful to learn. And the first was just, and this might kind of sound um, (laughs) weird, but the first lesson that I really learned was, you know what, trade shows are not the route for us. Not right now, at least. Uh Um, A lot of the other businesses there have, you know, whole teams of people going. My husband had to take off work. We had to get people to watch our kids. Um, for four days or for a few days and it just was totally exhausting so it was actually a positive thing to be able to learn you know what this isn't the right route for us because in thinking about even all the time that 
I had invested into coming up with the booth design and setting it up and running the show, I realized, you know, I probably could have been more successful spending that time on something else. I see. Uh And really that was a blessing to learn because Mm -hmm. since that show, I have been contacted by a couple other trade shows and it's been really easy to say, you know what, I think we're going to pass. It's not the right time for us to participate in that. And I've been able to focus energy on other things that really are making a big difference in our business. So just learning, being able to, to know that, okay, this isn't the right route for us um, is actually really freeing. And it's a great lesson that we learned from that, you know, challenging experience. Um, the second thing I love that. that I learned yeah. And what's great about that, Brittany, uh, is you're sharing, you're sharing what is, you know, a, a, at very least a disappointment, you know, a huge disappointment. Yeah. And I, and I, that's what I love about you sharing this is that's what you're going to face along the way. Sometimes doing something that scares you is, can lead to a little bit of disappointment, but that doesn't mean that there, there's a, not something very important that you need to know from that. And, and continue. What exactly. else were you going to say? Oh, so just a couple other things that I learned from that experience. Um, I did the whole thing with my husband start to finish. Yeah. And our our goal for this business is that we will both be able to do it together eventually full time. Yes. And from the experience of spending all this time, you know, setting it up and running the show for a couple of days, literally being together every minute of the day, I realized, you know what, we really do make a great team. And we had such a good time being with each other where I lack, he mm. has a strength, where he has strengths I lack. Um, so it was awesome to realize, to kind of have like a trial run of what would it be like if we worked together all day, every day. Um, of course, you, you know, you run into challenges and working with family is probably not for everyone. But it was kind of a cool thing to realize, you know, I think this would work for us and you know, working on a business together and bringing our, you know, both of our expertise and strength strengths to this business um, is is something that I think could really work for us. So that's so great. So that was fun. Okay, so Brittany, yeah. if someone is, you know, kind of at the precipice of trying to decide if they should go for something, whether it's big or small. Why should they do it, even if it leads to some disappointment? I think it's important to just go for something because, and go in with the mindset of, you know, I think it's important to set goals and to, Mm. um, it's not bad to have expectations of what you want something that you try to result in, but you also have to have an open enough mind to think, you know what, if it, if it goes a different way, what can I still learn from that? And I think there's always something to be learned from every hard thing that you try. And even if the only thing you learn is that, wow, I just did something so hard. Um, I didn't want to do that. It really put me outside of my comfort zone, but wow, like I can really give myself a pat on the back because that was really hard for me Mm -hmm. and I did it. And even if it didn't turn out how I wanted it to, um, I still was able to, you know, push myself and get it done. Amen. And that's, I think, the the bigger picture is what you have to own when you're launching into anything yeah. new or scary. I mean, for me, it started with, like, an adult ballet class. That is so lame. But it was so scary to me. But there really is yeah. something to be said for trying something new or different and then seeing how it affects the rest of your life. For good, it gives you that confidence that you can do something else and then something else after that. So I so admire your story, Brittany. Can you tell people oh, where thanks. they can find you if they want to get some of these amazing things? And I'm telling you, like, these are really good quality. And I'm saying that as someone who has actually purchased things from you, you know, on her own. So so tell us where they can oh, find thanks. you, though. So all of our um, products are available at our website, which is homegrowntraditions.com. And we also have on our website a whole section of free printables. Um, we try to come out with a couple of free printables every month. And then you can also find us on Instagram at homegrowntraditions. 
Yeah. And I love the heart behind what you do. It's such a great message too. So um, I'm just a, a big fan, Brittany. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on. I have no problem. Thanks so much for having me, Monica. To end, I wanted to share an email that Melinda wrote to me after our discussion. It's beautiful. She has such a gift. Speaking of which, right? Um, I'm not going to share all of it here, but I am sharing it on my website on aboutprogress.com under episode 63. You'll see I talk about, um, it will be entitled something about ordinary. So you can find it there. Um, but I'm just going to share this excerpt because it is so fitting and it's what I hope you get out of this episode, but also out of this podcast and about what my mission is and what I believe Melinda's mission is and so many of us to help us each through life and discovering our own extraordinary. Um, So let me read this excerpt for you. My extraordinary is calling my grandparents whenever I think of it, visiting with a friend on bed rest and watching how high my son can climb his tree. It is making recipes out of the Harry Potter cookbook with my nine-year-old and singing Silent Night to my two-year-old every night of the year. It's holding my baby before his chub melts into toddlerhood and holding my husband's hand as I fall asleep. It is texting with my best friends and cheering them on in their victories and crying with them in their losses. It is remembering names and the things people tell me and forgiving people who have hurt me. It is my mom and dad my brothers and sisters, my nieces and nephews. It is the people. It is always the people. There is a reason why it has taken me 10 years to write a novel. Perhaps the bravest thing I am doing right now in this season of Little Fingers and Toes is putting others' needs before my own dreams and raising children in a world that is screaming that our worth is defined by our appearances and our accomplishments. I am all for dreaming and accomplishing. I am inspired and blessed by so many people who put themselves out there all while doing the things that I described above. There are some people, some, there are some truly extraordinary things being done by people who are in the thick of life. I am grateful for them, for their words and their art, their music and their products, their posts and their expertise. I cheer them on. I truly believe that we all have so many gifts and that we are meant to use them to add meaning and beauty and goodness to the world, but I also believe that small and simple and seemingly insignificant is also just as powerful and needed as noticeable and grand. So if there were one more thing that I could tell your listeners, it would be that sometimes the bravest things we do are the things that go unnoticed. Let your extraordinary be small and simple and seemingly insignificant because there are no nobodies, because we all matter, because we all have gifts, all of our gifts and all of us matter. If we could all just see that, if we could all see each other's stories and everybody's potential and truly be glad for it, if we could cheer each other on and build each other up, it would make a profound difference in the world. Embrace your goodness and your gifts and go out and do small and simple and extraordinary things with them because we all need your gifts. You're small and simple. You're you. You're extraordinary. Thank you again for being here and taking the time. I really appreciate your support and I appreciate those reviews that you continue to leave on iTunes and that you subscribe. If you liked this episode, please take a screenshot of it and share it out, whether it's a text to a friend or on public with social media. I would love to be able to connect more with you, so make sure you tag me at about progress and use the hashtag about progress podcast. I will see you this coming Wednesday for a great interview. And until then, take care of yourself.